0: All right, welcome to another episode of Embrace the Suck. Tonight is the second time I've had the privilege of having prior service recruiters with us. The first time ever was, shout out to to big man, Mass G-Man, Gomez, um, you know, out there killing it. And actually, I believe today is his birthday, so happy birthday to him. And now with us, I have two staff sergeants, Staff Sergeant Baldwin and Staff Sergeant Standering. And I hope I did not say your name wrong. But um, nonetheless, met on Facebook, as always, um, on the recruiting duty page. And the reason why I wanted to have these two gentlemen on, just so everybody knows, is because they're constantly putting information out there on the page. And they're constantly being a source of information, product knowledge. And they're constantly helping out any way they can. Um, and if you've ever been a part of that page, you know that there's a lot of negativity sometimes. So seeing the yeah. positivity is always an amazing thing. And just watching what you guys are doing um, and, the, and being able to talk with you guys for the past couple of weeks leading up to this, I was very excited to have you guys on. Really just to, to share your knowledge because I feel like there's not enough of it going around the Marine Corps, whether that's on active duty in the fleet or in the reserve component. So without further ado... Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, thanks Thanks for having us.
1: Appreciate
0: it. So let's start off with Baldwin. Just kind of tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself, um, where you find yourself now, and then we'll get with Sandering, and then we'll just hop right into it and talk about the opportunities.
2: All right, sounds good. Uh, So originally came in on active duty in about 2005 time frame. Uh, 29 palms, all four years, killed my soul. So I got out, uh, just like most people do. Uh, Didn't even know the reserves was actually an option for me no idea you know back then transition was just a class that you showed up for checking the box uh and then you do your checkout process and then about two years in i got some random call from you know a staff sergeant gardener at the time uh who's now just actually retired master gardener uh full circle she became my ri when i hit the the streets of the <laughs> uh but uh, that's dope yeah, uh, came back in through the active reserve program, did the reserves for a little bit. You know, it wasn't for me like it isn't for everybody, but I uh, wanted to do that active duty paycheck again. So, active mm. duty uh, got back on active reserve uh, as Seaburn, then LAP moved to career planning, did career planning for a few years uh randomly got histed and selected i think i was the first and last career planner that will ever be selected for psr duty um they're lost because i'm probably going to go 22 and you know not go back to the community but uh i've been on the uh, streets for about 20 months now i think so just over halfway Uh, i've been successful the whole time Uh, honestly it wasn't the the first six months were the roughest parts i think but uh finally hit my stride Uh, And I'm doing well. Uh, I I just hit my Centurion mark, which was a pretty big accomplishment for me. Um, But I wasn't really shooting it for it. It kind of just had to happen based on the numbers that we were trying to Mm -hmm. hit for the district. But uh, I'm here now and I'm probably going to stay in the uh, recruiting field until I retire in about four years.
0: Got it. And for those of us who don't know what Centurion means, what what does that mean?
2: So for the PSR side, prior service recruiting, you have to get 100 joins in an 18-month period. Uh, so wow. that's about a six average a month, if I did the math right. But uh, for uh, the non-priors, the regular recruiters you know, out on the streets, it's 136 months, I believe, is what they have to do.
0: Got you. Wow. Okay. Sandering.
1: Yo, hey. so for me, the story's too long, but it'll kind of blow your mind. Um, (laughs) I came in, and not to age myself, in 1997. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, I'm 44 years old, and uh, believe it or not, in 1999, I was a reservist by contract. Uh, I was actually erroneously discharged by a reserve unit up in Michigan while I was drilling at a unit in Ohio, and uh, ended up rando with an OTH and an RE4 um and ended my marine corps career in 1999 with about two years and eight months served um give it about 10 years later 2009 uh time frame i was like hey you know i never got my shot uh things kind of got you know hairy in in my world back in the day so I, i found every person involved with the discharge process and what went down um fought the board of corrections of naval records the ndrb had my discharge overturned and my re code and at 32 years old they're like hey we'll bring you back in the Marine Corps as a 33 uh, year old PFC, how's that sound? And I was like, bad, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so they're like, well, hold up, you know, you're gonna be taking orders from, you know, 18 year old, you know, Lance corporals and, and stuff. I'm like, hey, that's cool, I can learn from anybody. And um, so did the reserve thing for a while, hopped on the IMDEP for a while, heard about the active reserve program. And, uh, you know, stayed as a, a motor team X 3521. And uh, I've been here ever since, uh, since 2012. Um, actually wow. volunteered for the PSR World just because I've done sales my entire life while I was out. And I wanted to pay it back to the PSRs who brought me back in because it's a rare mm. case to bring an off-contract in, especially someone who was, you know, wearing tricolors back in the day and then wanted to come back in. And uh, so it, it's my privilege to be here and to actually give back to the community uh, and to hopefully give Marines a second chance that may not have had the best experience in the fleet.
0: So that that's our whole job mm. and my purpose. So uh, it's gangster, and I love it. I love it. So I'm definitely, first of all, I just want to go off of that because I I love the, both of you, the the mentality that you have right from the jump, introducing yourself. You know, you're already talking about, hey, I love what I do and I want to give back, right? I think that's a huge thing that's missing when it comes to recruiting duty on both sides of the house. I think that people have this idea that, you know, oh, I got hissed and I got screwed by the Marine Corps. It's like, hey, brother, you were given an opportunity to give back to the community that gave you what you have. Like if it wasn't for a recruiter or a PSR, you wouldn't be where you are. Right. So the reality the reality of it is, is that when you take a look at through that lens and you look at things in that aspect, it's a very different job, right? It's not a job. It's something that you actually get to do. It's, you know, I get to go out there and, and be the face of the Marine Corps. And, and I think that when you start having that outlook on your day, it, it changes a lot. Um, So some of the questions that I kind of want to get from you guys is just like starting off with that. Right. So the two of you, Brent, I wouldn't say brand new, but like you guys are still in the beginning of this. How are you guys doing so well in the very beginning stages of of the duty? Like, What are you guys doing differently than than others, than your peers?
2: Um, I think just for me, uh, help me out within the first year, I think just my career planning back for background. Unlike both of you, I was histed for this job, Uh, had a horrible attitude, you know, at the schoolhouse Was like, why me out of all the, you know, career planners, I want to stay in the career planner field, you know, just like everybody does in their own MOS. Um, But, you know, the first six months, I I was successful based on, you know, my career planning background, because it's, it's pretty similar job um, from career planning to uh, recruiting. Um, And the thing that got me through it is, you know, I finally just my mentality was I'm career planning for a different component I'm career planning, Mm. not just for the, you know, SMCR and the active reserves. I'm career planning for the IRR population, even though they have their own, you know, career planners at, you know, Macursa and everything, but, um, that kind of helped me out. Um, and we were struggling, we were on the struggle bus last FY when I first got there. So numbers were extremely high. I was successful, but I didn't understand the fact that if, your whole team is, isn't successful. You're still going to be working to, you know, bring up the slack. Um, so honestly, we got a great team and recruiting. I love recruiting. It's absolutely night and day from the first FY to this FY. Um, I get a choice, you know, to go out there and, you know, go TAD to, to meet these different Marines in the IRR. And I don't try and sell the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps will sell it themselves. I just, I'm a salesman of information like I said, mm. I didn't get the information until I was two years into the IRR. So if mm. I can reach someone who just got out and say, "Hey, yeah. you might have got out for certain reasons. The Marine Corps is still here. You can. Everybody can find something where they can benefit from the Marine Corps.
0: Yeah. Uh, Marine
2: Corps reserves. Um, you've yeah. got, you know, extra pay. Uh, TriCare is the biggest one, I think, for most people. But for me, if I had to circle, you know, the biggest. Uh, Benefit of the Marine Corps Reserves is that networking that it has. That's that's a game changer when it comes to this. Um, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if I was to be in the IRR and join a reserve unit, I didn't have a job at the end of my first drill, drill weekend, I would be at least
0: in the hiring process for someone. You know, <laughs> Dude, it's it. Yeah. Bro, you're not wrong, man. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the in a reserve unit now, and every single day there, we're in a group chat with the whole command. And every day there's a new station, a new staff and CEO who's dropping, hey, the New York sanitation test just went out. Hey, the FDNY, this just went out. Hey, the NYPD, this just went out. Hey, the company that I worked for is hiring veterans. Hey, so like literally, and when I have Lance corporals that don't have jobs, I'm like, bro, I don't wanna hear it. I'm like, all you hear in these group chats every day Is like, hey, how can we help you? How can we help you? And I can't, I cannot echo that more than and more than you already did, man, because that's a huge part of it. And I was gonna ask you guys that, like, for those active duty Marines that are transitioning out of the Marine Corps, what are some reasons why they should look at the Reserve program? And that right there is is the reason because they, a lot of these guys and women, right, they get out. They lose that feeling of purpose. They lose that feeling of Marine Corps, Uros, Semper Fidelis, and then they kind of get into this negative rut. And it's like, okay, well, that's why we have you, you know, transition into the reserve program and at least try it out and see if it's for you. The problem that, that a lot of people have is that they go to the reserve program expecting it to be active duty. Yeah, mm-hmm. You can't, you you he can't. Like you, and and I'm sure you guys have heard this, but like every active duty Marine that I've ever seen come to the reserve program, the first drill weekend, we're like, you're not gonna last till Sunday. Like, right. you're gonna check. <laughs> we're like, bro, you're gonna check out the same- Even the thing. reserve sergeant yeah. majors tell them that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I always, and I always try to tell them like, listen, man, like you have to have an understanding that it's just a very different world. Um, it's not that we're any less professional. It's just that it's a, just a very different world. Um, so you have to come in here with a, you know, just come in here with a learning mentality and just see how things are. It's open mind. Know, that's and, I, yeah, and, and that's yeah. really what it is. But definitely that networking aspect and 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 stuff like that. So what, um, so right now, I know you had said, standing that a lot of your experience came from the outside of the Marine Corps. So what what do you use? Um, what would you say you use to to kind of get to those Marines? Like, why should they, you know, be be trying to do, you know, another program? Or like, what are you doing to kind of get them to understand that they need some motivators behind that? Sure. So
1: for me, uh, you know, first it's the networking piece. Um, that I explained because we get a lot of individuals who, who got out of the Marine Corps. Hey, the grass is going to be greener. It's not that they, they're down on their luck. They don't have a job. Uh, they don't have insurance, whatever it may be. And I kind of give them some of the stories. For example, we had a young uh, Marine at one of the local units here living in his car. Uh, he was religiously showing up to drill. Uh, the Marines at this particular unit actually got him on his feet. We found various different programs to help him with assistance for apartments, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, he wanted to be a law enforcement officer. They actually got him in. He's now a cop in, in Georgia. Um, so the networking and stories like that keep it real. And at my age, that's all I can do is keep it real and say, hey, this is mm-hmm. how it's going to really benefit you um, and, and get change your life a little bit. Because at the end of the day, we know that reserve pay isn't going to be the, uh, the golden ticket to a great future. But all the, the you know tangible and intangible benefits that you're going to get are what's really going to set you up for success. And at the end of the day, you're still getting a retirement. So, you know, yeah. to, to be able to rub elbows, I mean, we have ATF agents, we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have a whole uh, plethora of different people who 28 days out of the month are, are civilians doing those jobs. So yeah. that's who you're going to be working with and rubbing elbows with. I mean, we do, we do a lot of public events out in our area. And uh, the last event I did, I was offered a job with a, uh, an arms dealer who does a DOD contract making six figures a year. He's like, hey, yeah. as soon as you're out, hit me up. So the, the benefits are just phenomenal and keeping it real to the guys and gals that are out there. Um, and I think me he, having that little bit of an older maturity factor um, kind of sets me as like a, a father figure, I guess. So I'm not like yeah. a young sergeant trying to sell some BS to him. Like, Oh dang, this is real. Um, my yeah. other golden ticket is my uh, fiance. She's a uh, reserve Marine on I M A orders right now working from mm. home on active duty uh, for wounded warrior regiment. And she's been in for 15 years now. So to have her knowledge and ability to, Jump in on some of the the females that I work with. Um, mm-hmm. With some of the males, it is just absolutely priceless. So um, it's just just keeping it real. You know, I don't need to be all rah and moto and you know a motivator. Let let's keep it real. Keep it street talk, yeah. and then we're going to get yeah. out of
0: business. Yeah, and and that's the thing on, on both ends of the spectrum, and on, on recruiting duty and on at, on the PSR side of the house, man, is that I think a lot of people fail to realize that like if you're just real with people, yeah. there it. Things are so much different because especially when the first, especially in the in the recruiting world, like for the just the normal enlisted side of the house, like if I don't lie to you, then I have nothing to hide. Like If I just tell you, hey, man, this is how the Marine Corps is. It's going to suck. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This may happen. This may not happen. All those things, then I don't screw you over. And then in turn, I don't mess up my own community. And I think a lot of things that happen is that with the active duty component, right, with the with the um, talking about the recruiting duty, right, those Marines, they don't care because they're only there for three years. So they don't care about their community because, oh, the next guy's going to have to deal with it, not me. But it's like, bro, when you put in reservists that don't belong in the reserve program and all you're trying to push is, you know, and I get it. It comes from the top down mm-hmm. and someone's like, hey, we need to fill this spot. And it's like i get that but like we I, I think that sometimes we don't think about the whole spectrum we don't look at the whole scheme of maneuver so like when we put the wrong marine in the reserve program and that marine should have never been in the reserve program and then that marine goes to two drills and then he goes ua well now what do we have to do we got to find someone to fill that big so regardless yeah. it, it's just passing it from us to you to us to you to us to you and it's like bro if we just sat down with the right people and put them in the right positions because we cared for them and they weren't just a number, well, then the whole entire Marine Corps experience would be better because we're not just putting in shit. Because sometimes, let's be real, we're not putting in the right people. Or sometimes we're not returning the right people to active duty. Some people are like, you know what, man, you got out, we need you to stay out. Because sometimes that's just the reality of it. And sometimes if you don't feel like that Marine – should be back in the marine corps then we need to say that or if you don't feel that that marine should be in the marine corps like we need to have those conversations and i yeah. think that and, a lot of you, times people don't want that
1: yeah and you mentioned like you know it's just a number and that, that's the whole you know mickrick thing and you're not talking bad about anyone in our in our hierarchy but it's just numbers hey we have to have these numbers and we're wasting away people that have super high gq you know their gt scores are through the roof their, their line scores are through the roof and the benefits just are not for there for them to, to continue their service or for them to like, Hey, I was treated like trash the first time you fooled me once. I'm not going to do it again. If, if we kind of backed off, I think, and we're like, Hey, I'm not worried about this annual plan as much. I'm worried about quality and retention. We're going to yeah. a better overall product to the Marine Corps reserve. Who's likely to hang around instead of you're right. It's a, it's getting a quick join it's filling that open bit. And then, like you said, one drill, two drill, three drills later, they're like, this ain't for me. I'm out. I'm, I'm being underutilized. We have to change our mindset as a community and be like, hey, let's stop underutilizing these talented Marines and, and get them in here for the long haul. And and money isn't always going to do that. It's not, hey, you're going to get a bonus just to be stuck here for three, four years. Let's utilize your, your freaking GT and uh, and get you somewhere where you belong.
0: And you're going to be a, a major asset to the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, and there's, there's so many things that go into it, because even if you just look at, Like the marine corps reserve program as a whole right like there's a lot of times like listen there's a need for it there's phenomenal things that happen in a lot of ways right but then you also have units that don't do anything you know like we i've been at my unit for a year i have not gone to the field once we we don't have the money we don't have the funds so it's at the same time it it does kind of stink because then it's like, okay well you know, for not, not even the younger, not even for the, the senior Marines, but for the junior Marines, you know, you have PFCs and Lance Corporals who are at some time, some point, they're like, bro, why am I even here? Like, what am I even doing? You know, and, and I definitely understand that as senior leaders, it's our charge to help them and, you know, kick classes and, and motivate them and PT with them and this stuff. But it's like, if we don't have the funds to actually get out there and get the training done, then it's, you know, it's hard to do that. But it's also, like and that's why like when I was on recruiting duty, I was very open and honest with all my Marines. Anybody I ever put in the Marine Corps, I would tell them like, "Hey, listen, man, like, you need to understand that like, if you want to go reserves, there better be a plan for you at home." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm like, bro, you you better understand that. And you I better would already have of, a career lined yeah, up, I, going I, to I, school full yeah. time. Like if they, if you're if you are joining the if you're a young man or woman. And you're joining the marine corps reserves and you have nothing to come home to then why are we doing this and i would ask them that in the interview process Mm -hmm. i'd be like what what is your goal here why are you doing the reserves oh so i can come back and go to school okay well i thought you said you don't have money for school i also thought you said you had nowhere to live i also thought you had and i'm like i'm trying to peel back the onion and at the end of the day if that person wants to go reserves then i'm just going to remind them like hey listen you got to understand the process isn't easy for you to switch if, if it's even possible. Right. So that's why I was so, I was always open and honest, but so getting into that, um, one of the reasons why I wanted you gentlemen on was really because I feel like a lot of active duty Marines don't understand the reserve component. They, you know, they don't get really much, any training, if at all, anything from basic recruiters course, they really don't get anything at the, at the, um, the ari or ri level realistically because those marines aren't reservists we don't really ever get to sit down and speak to career planners we really don't get the time to talk to our prior service recruiters so i wanted you guys really to be able to just educate marines on the reserve program and what opportunities look like in the reserve program so you know, things like I'm uh, and other opportunities like that. So can you guys shed some light on some of the different opportunities or reasons why somebody may want to do the reserve program?
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so just the basics, you know, it's a lot of people know the the one weekend of the month, you know, two weeks during the summer. Um, but that's the very basics when it comes to reserves. That's like minimal commitment right there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that their drill weekends are, you know, not just two, two days out of the month. Sometimes it's four days, especially because reserves have to have the same training commitment that active duty members have to. They get the rifle range, you know, PFT, CFT. Uh, and the rifle range is, uh, is extremely hard to get done in, you know, two days, full table one and table two. Um, so they like to schedule that out, you know, four days out of the month. So if you're telling the kid as a PSR, oh, you're just going to be doing, you know, two days out of the, out of the month, Um, it averages out to that over the course of 12 months, but you know, there's some other commitments that you're going to have to, you know, commit to. And, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately a lot of them find out when it's too late, they're already joined to the unit and then they got drilled next month that they have to be there you know, on a Thursday instead of a Friday. Um, but that's just the basics of reserves. You know, they got the six by six by two instead of the four by four. So you got the six year commitment of drilling if they go straight reservists and then the two of the IRR. Uh, Once they hit their six year mark, they're considered was a non obligor. So they could drop back to the IRR at any time. Uh, And then that's when we're hitting them up as PSRs is when everybody's in that IRR time. So they're not obligated. They can show up to one drill weekend, unfortunately, and they can tell the Sergeant major it's not for me and check out before their check-in sheets already filled out, you know? Uh, And that's the problem. Unfortunately, I think that, uh, that is, <laughs> alone is a huge seller when it comes to the reserve component for, for these prior active duty guys. I'm not committed or I don't have to commit to, you know, two years at a time. Um, that's a huge, unfortunately, selling point. We're not supposed to sell that to them, but they, they're they not dumb. They, they, know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. they know what they're getting into as far as their commitment. And they, they specifically ask those questions. Yeah. Um, and I don't hide it to them, but I, I also try and tell them what a drill weekend is supposed to be like, you know. Yeah. Um, you got the IR, SMCR, and the IMA programs on the reserve component. So most people are in the IR. Uh, jo- they're going to join the SMCR, Select Marine Corps Reserves. Um, Standering, who's part of our team that has, you know, the biggest connection when it comes to IMA in this this area, uh, he was coming in, and he all he was joining was IMA Marines, and that that's kind of hard because uh, you have to have a IMA op sponsor for those spots, and they're they're pretty well hidden throughout the Marine Corps. So, if, Stanley, if you want to jump in and explain the IMA real quick,
1: yeah, yeah. So the IMA that, that's kind of my baby. Um, it, it's a so you have the Selected Marine Corps Reserve, which is your your one weekend a month, two weeks a year a weekend warrior that everyone hears about. TRS, BRC, whatever it is, right? Um, The IMA Marines is a different program for non-obligated Marines. So once you're done with that initial six-year reserve contract, or you've left the fleet and you're now a free agent in the IRR, there's something called the IMA. The IMA program allows you to be stationed at essentially active duty units throughout the the entire world. Um, And you pretty much make your own schedule Monday through Friday because it's during working hours. So for example, we take the uh, deployment processing command uh, out there on Camp Lejeune. So they... Uh, Take any reserve units that are training aboard Camp Lejeune, uh, forward deploying, and they they spool them up on their own PTP training, uh, whatever it may be. You can be stationed there as a reservist, and your deal is to get your SAT year, which is that 48 drills a year, and you schedule it. So you can say, hey, I can drill Monday through Friday uh, this week. I can't come in for two months. I can do two weeks that month, or I can do a day. The flexibility is phenomenal you're working on that big major Marine Corps installation and you're not dealing with the fleet BS. The other cool thing about the IMA is there's not just your MOS. So it ain't just, you know, I'm going to come in as a 3529, be a maintenance chief somewhere. Say, I want to be a carpenter. I have spots to be a carpenter on all the major installations. Do you want to be a SWAT team member? Y'all that has to be like, you know, what? I want to break down doors and do something cool SRT style. You can come on orders as an IMA Marine to different facilities, and be on that special response team. So the the opportunities in the IMA is kind of like a, a golden unicorn. Uh, they're very rare, they're, they're amazing. Uh, Staff Sergeant Carvalho, my uh, fiance, she's working from home for Wounded Warrior Regiment as a district injured support coordinator. So her oh, wow. job is to take Marines who have left Wounded Warrior East or West, come to her AO of Georgia, South Carolina, and actually help them transition to the civilian life and provide them any assistance with VA, uh, CRSC, any kind of benefit you can imagine. People are mind blown when I tell them there's opportunities for you to drill or be on orders working from home. Again, maturity level ranks are going to apply to that kind of thing, but the opportunities are endless. So I'm a huge uh, proponent for the IMA program.
0: Wow. And, and you know, what it, it, it stinks because there's some, like, not a lot of people know what you're talking about. Because right. even even like myself, like when I, I'm not going to say any names But when I got off of active duty and I needed to find the PSR, you know, the guy that I talked to didn't really know much of anything. um, And I guess he didn't get great of a turnover. And then so I dealt with two guys. um, And the first one, I'll tell you my story. Right. So I get I'm literally I know that I'm EASing February, March 1st of 2021. I know this. So I go to the PSR. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm EASing March 1st. I want to literally go right back from EAD into my reserve unit and be there. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to be at Next Drill in March. I don't want any laps, nothing. He's like, good to go. I got you. Come to the office. Do all this cool paperwork. Boom, boom, boom. You're good. So I'm like, awesome. So I check out of the my my, my unit. And I go to drill and the first sergeant looks at me and goes who the frick are you and I'm like I'm Staff Sergeant Bennett and he goes well you're not on my drill roster and there's no reason for you to be here so leave and now mind you I took the weekend off from work I took (laughs) four days off from work and now my job is like hey bro you're on military leave I'm not paying you because of the job that I had at the time they were like you're not coming in but then I was like, but I don't have orders for military leave because I'm not technically on military leave because I don't have a drill. So I'm like, hmm, what do I do now? Call the PSR and he tells me and I quote, I never told you to come in. So I take my handy dandy phone and I screenshot his text message that says report at zero five on such and such date. And I'm like, hey, devil dog, you told me to come in at zero five on this date. Oh, shit, I did. Exactly. So like that was my first experience. Then a couple months go by and I'm in the unit and I ended up switching units to another unit because they couldn't get me in the unit. There was no BIC for me. So they were like, hey, but we'll put you in a sergeant's BIC for right now. But because you're in a sergeant's BIC, you can't go to the schoolhouse to be a 37 because you're in a sergeant's BIC. And I was like, okay. So then this other PSR is like, hey, I got a BIC for you at Sixcom in Brooklyn. So I'm like, word. So then I get to Brooklyn and Sixcom just to find out that I'm not in the BIC and there is no big for me. So now I'm like, bro, y'all are killing me. So
1: <laughs> that's yeah. why. And you mentioned you weren't even getting travel reimbursement because you weren't, you were probably
0: in excess, So you're not getting that big match. Yep. And, it and, that was, and that was, and and again, these are all the stuff that I was told. Oh, yeah. And I asked that. I was like, hey, man, like, you know, will I get reimbursement? Oh, yeah, of course. Da, da, da. All you got to do is go to admin, ask them for this form, fill out the form. Da da, da, da. And then the first aren't drill number one, looks at me and goes, yeah, man, you're not in a BIC that matters. Um, we don't need you. So you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. not going to get paid for travel. And I was like, tight. So, yeah, go golden. You know, yeah, and I think what, yeah. what it comes
1: down to is obviously that lack of product knowledge.
0: And the lack
1: of that that human factor of actually caring. Yeah, I get the we're both the non-prior recruiters and us as prior service recruiters. You're you're hunting numbers all the time. It's stressful, and that's all you think about, and you lose sight of the reality and what really is in it for that Marine. And when it comes down to if if we're doing that disservice to Marines, and I just hey man. I got a big for you, but you're not a match, so you're going to lose that travel reimbursement. You've now directly affected that Marine. You know, they're, they're losing money on a pocket of travel, and they may have just had a fresh baby, and they got to pay for diapers and whatever it may be. There's a lot of third, fourth, and fifth order effects that go on behind that. So that's why I think we need to kind of slow our rolls on the, the whole numbers piece. Because in, in the reserve, if we don't fill those numbers, so we get, you know, just say, hey, Charlotte, you know, you have 199 joins this FY, right? If I don't fill them, guess what? They ain't going to do anything to the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps is not going to shut down because we're not losing any money. Marines in the reserve only get paid if they show up. So it's not like we're we're losing this big financial ball of money if we don't fill these roles. Let's, you know, yeah. take our time, slow down, give the Marines the right, you know, tools to be successful and then fill them slowly as we go. But, yeah, you know, we just got to have that product knowledge and make sure that we, we do care. Yeah, it's stressful, but let's care a little bit and make sure we get you all taken care of.
2: I'd also like to bring it back that it's not all the PSR's fault most of the time. Uh, I take it back to that first, first sergeant that you met with. You literally, the first sergeant had a guy that showed up on time to a unit that he was told to be at, like take a little bit of initiative. You have someone that's actually wanting to be at your unit, Uh, you know, kind of do the whole mentor process. Hey, you're here. Let's figure out a way that we can actually get you into the unit, see if we can get it done today while you're here, not waste your time. Um, a lot of the Marines don't want to be there. And it's kind of an anomaly when someone actually shows up and wants to be there. And all they do is, yeah. you know, kick them to the side. Um, it could have taken a half an hour, you know, talking to the PSR. What can we do to get, you know, attached to the unit today? It's a simple diary transaction, a couple screening documents. Uh, I could get you joined in less than 24 hours. So if you want to drop back to the IRR, I'll find you <laughs> a unit with a valid dick <laughs> But, you know, yeah. it, it, it's the unit's onus, too, when it comes to a lot of these, you know, joins, as we call them, or, or Marines, when they get to the unit, they get treated like crap a lot of the time. Like, we don't want you here type of thing. You're just going to leave. When in reality, if you just open a like, they they obviously want to be there for some reason. Some reason, deep down, they, they they either miss the Marine Corps, they need extra money. If you take the time, they take the time because we've done our job. We got them to the unit, you know. Um we're supposed to, you know, help them out through the next, you know, 60, 90 days. Um, but a lot of times they get to the unit and they'll call me at drill. And like, this is the worst. I had it worse here this weekend than I did on active duty. No one helped me out. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I absolutely did nothing except sat on my butt for the whole drill weekend. But if, you know, um, if the the command kind of has a, a sponsorship program um which is you know headquarters marine corps driven it's an actual inspectable item uh it might actually help out but no a lot of these guys who you know leave same drill weekend they just show up uh oh i don't even i didn't even know that you were on the roster oh here you are welcome and that's pretty much the check-in process with a lot of the first sergeants unfortunately and not to talk bad about first sergeants but uh they got a lot of things to deal with but uh if they just take a little bit of time to, you know, welcome each Marine, I think it would go a long way in helping a lot of these uh, retention problems for the guys just checking out, you know.
0: 100%. Yeah. And, that, and you know, and especially with the older guys that are checking back in, it's like, well, what am I doing here? Like, what am I, you know, what am I checking in for? And, and that's the thing, too, is that a lot of people just get out because they're like, bro, at this point, what is drill weekend for me? It, it takes me away from my family is it worth the amount of money that I'm paying to get the drill, you know? And then it's like, okay. Cause like some people do it just because they want to do it. Like, yeah. they're like, you know, I, I miss the camaraderie. I miss Marines. I miss leading Marines. And then it's like, but now coming to drill became more of a hindrance to me in my life than it did to me being wanting to be here. Yeah. You know, lose money coming to drill. Yeah. yeah, yeah you I money. Money. <laughs> that, I'm yeah. I'm one of them. You know, I, I, I literally and I told my I, I told my my command that um, because I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I, I had an issue and I gained a lot of weight and I failed my PFT. I'll be completely honest. I failed my PFT and what bothered me about the whole situation was, is that like I know I'm a grown ass man and I'm a, st- I'm a staff NCO, right? But what bothered me was that when this whole entire thing went down, Not once did I have anybody reach out to me and just be like, Hey man, is everything okay with you? Like immediate, and and like my thing was, and I said this to my first sergeant, like I was like, no, I'm sorry. I said this to the, to the battalion um, CO, when he was checking out, because I, I got placed on BCP for the first time in 13 years of my career. I've never been overweight. And he said to me, you know, like, Hey, what's going on? And he asked me, he said, Hey, what's going on with you? I see here that you've been in the ring corps 13 years and you don't look like you're overweight. It looks like you just probably missed by a couple of inches. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yes, sir. I missed by an inch. Like I literally missed by an inch. I've never had the tape before. And um, he was just talking to me about it. And he asked me, how are you? He was like, what's going on in life? He was like, why is this happening? He was like, what is happening in your life? And I told him, I was like, you know, I got off of active duty. Kind of got into a a position of depression, you know, didn't feel like I had the same, you know, um, position in life. I don't, you know, my job changed. I just had a new kid. Like all these different things, like life happened to me. And, And then I looked at him and I said, but sir, he said, do you have anything for me? After he assigned me to BCP. And I said, well, sir, I just want to say thank you. And he said, for what? And I said, you're the only Marine that has asked me. If I'm doing okay, I was like nobody else thought to just say, hey, man, how are you? Like, I'm going to take the repercussions. I failed my PFT. I made it up a week later. I passed the PFT a week later. I dropped six minutes off my runtime. But I'm going to take the onus that I failed and I've messed up. But the thing that kills me is that the reason why we have Marines out there like me, I'm not going to go commit suicide or nothing like that. But like the reason why we have Marines that don't want to be in the Marine Corps no more is because nobody gives a shit about these Marines. Like no one cares. Like you just said, oh, hey, what's going on in your life? Hey, this decision may have just costed you diapers. This decision may have just costed you gas money, a job, all these different things. And the fact that you're and and we were talking earlier about what are you guys doing differently to be at the top? That's what you're doing. That right there is exactly what you're doing is you're looking at the whole entire equation and you're saying, okay, does it make sense for this Marine to travel to this place for drill? Is there anywhere else that I can put him? Is there any moves that I can make? Hey, is there a PSR that has a move that I can make? Like you guys are doing everything in your power to be real with these young men and women and you're putting them in the positions to win. Other people aren't. Other people are like, hey, I need this money and I gotta get them. I don't care what I gotta do to get them, that's it. But what I find to be crazy is that when you do things the right way, you become a centurion. When you when you do things the right way, you're out there killing it, you know? And, and I yeah. think that it just speaks volumes of, of your character of what you guys are doing because clearly and and the the other thing too is both of those psrs that i spoke about as soon as those two stories happened when i had a friend call me about a psr i get calls all the time how do you know a good psr and immediately i was like yeah no not those two i was like but there's this guy over here that you can call and hit him up and and that was the thing that killed me was that like while i was going through my story i had to hit up RIs that i know and ask them, like, hey, is this is this true? Or hey, is this true? And it was like, I couldn't even trust you, not you, but I couldn't even trust you as a fellow staff NCO to do any marine right. I had to go check with a mass sergeant to make sure that you knew what you were talking about. And and I think and that's again, that's why I wanted to do this with you gentlemen. But um, so questions for you, for that recruiter who's going to come out here, that next prior service recruiter what what do you guys deal with on a on an every day like mental like the mental toughness of the job what what does that look like what tips do you guys have um for anybody who's gonna be on this endeavor next Ooh, let, let me jump on that one first of all right uh so
1: for, from the the old guy out to any of those young bloods out there who are thinking about it his to volunteer whatever uh the first thing is gonna be you know don't have a negative mindset you know, not saying everyone, but a lot of recruiters are like, hey, this, this effing sucks, this is the worst, you've probably done it to yourself. You haven't developed your sales skill set, you haven't developed your communication skill set, and you've already checked out from the schoolhouse on. Um, so go in there, and, and as we say, bloom where planted, but better yourself. Mm. L- look on YouTube and look at sales presentation videos. Look at how to better communicate with other people, because at the end of the day, this job is, is badass, in my opinion, because nowhere else do I get to go out like, you know, and, said, and go to appointments in, in different areas. Do I, can I meet with an applicant at Starbucks and, and get to the nitty gritty and get real? I, I make my empire and that's what makes me successful. And I love being the image. I, I'm the guy you're either going to see me at a tank top or you're going to see me in uniform. And that's what's going to happen. But I, my empire is mine and I love what I built. So come into this job, uh, you know, with a positive mindset and get ahead. As Tessar and officer said, Work a month ahead. If you're working in month, that's where it's gonna kill you because you're grinding, you're like, crap, I have two more uh, before mission day. No, work ahead, build your network. If you know you're going to prior service recruiter school, uh, you know, at MCRD San Diego, start building your network now. If your network is Mm -hmm. built, you'll be just like myself and Staff Sergeant Baldwin. I'm gonna be honest, I don't prospect a lot because most of my joints come to me because I built such a giant network Hey, I know Staff Sergeant Sandring. He's going to take care of me. Or that word of mouth, since I'm not screwing people over, that word of mouth brings more customer service, more business to me, and I work way less hard. Now, I know that mm-hmm. i got to be you know, ahead of the game and, and make sure I'm you know, keeping up and, and ready to rock and roll. And, and the wave could die down as in any sales industry. When I'm ready for it, I work ahead. And that's what's going to make you successful as a, a young Marine coming on the street. And this is coming from Nick, the new guy, who's only pr- you know producing since March. But- as we see I'm dropping sevens every month as a heavy hitter every month for our team and I'm not working very hard it's just who you are your personality building that network
0: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I would say and networking
2: is the biggest thing honestly in this whole thing like professor standing said like people come to him I'm I'm the same way I get most of my you know Work out of other recruiters. They send them to me because they, they move down to RAO, uh, Persos send me send me people who need jobs and want to join the Marine Corps. Um, don't get me wrong. I still prospect because you still have to you know keep keep working. And unfortunately, Marine Corps is paying me to you know recruit, so I have to do the job. And yeah. I was always a big proponent. If I get told you know to do a job, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So, um, yeah. and honestly, is come in with an open mindset uh, like I said, I had a horrible attitude coming in and my first six months were rough because of that attitude. And, you know, I adjusted a little bit and, you know, started having a little bit of fun once, you know, a couple new guys checked on board and there weren't a whole bunch of deficits to make up. Um, and literally I've made mission since what was it? May. I think I was mission complete, um, for the year. And honestly, oh, wow. I've, um, no joke, PSR duty. If you build your business, the way you want it to be ran, uh, successfully, obviously, um, make mission go fishing. Like they always say, um, uh, I had an interview last weekend in Asheville. Um, and I stayed the night because, you know, it was like a five, four, four hour drive. I think, uh, I took my fishing pole. I literally went fishing on, you know, after the interview was done and I came back the next day, I get to spend all the time I want with my family, which is amazing. Uh, stats aren't standing, you know, gets to go motocross riding and break all his bones in his body. Um, but <laughs> Team Charlotte, we, we, we work hard and we play hard. So if you network right, come in with an open mindset, and I would say learn your product knowledge before even going to the schoolhouse. Start reading the Mar admins. Uh, because there's a lot of information out there that, that they don't go over in the schoolhouse. And you, unfortunately, you have to learn it on the job. Luckily for me, I was a career planner by trade, so a lot of it you know, came natural. But uh, just this week, Amar Adden came out with a crap ton, excuse my French, money for reservists. Um, yeah. You know, tw- yeah. $20,000 for – and it's not just random you know, specialized MOSs. Unfortunately, I mean, standing there's Motor T MOSs on there. Yeah, right? hey,
1: sometimes we rate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So if you want to drop to the uh, PSR, right. Yeah. I'll join you a But yeah. You
1: know. And I think, you know, uh, also get to know as a, uh, a, a forthcoming PSR, try to get to know your team. If you may have an idea where you're going, because we're doing this volunteer thing, uh, trying to get your, your duty station you know preference because that kind of makes it a little bit easier on the recruiter. Try to find out who's your in your your AO because you want to start networking with them, talking to them, what's it like, get a feel for any negativity, positive attitude, stuff like that, and kind of build off of it. Because if you go in blind, it definitely makes it harder anywhere because you're you're Nick the new guy. And you know, get out there and and know your audience, know who you're working with because maybe you can be that person who makes that positive difference in a team that may have been losing steam. You know, and that's the thing. And you know, hopefully, I know I was listening to your other podcast about some of the staff in CYC, the 8412 problems and stuff. Fortunately, uh, giving a shout out to uh, Gunner's Gunnar and Ski, our staff in CYC. I mean, we, we have one of the best in the industry. The dude's a, a leader through and through, um, lets us work. And if we need to work harder, we do it on our own. He could ask us to jump through hoops in a in a pink dress and we do it because there's that
0: level of respect and we know that we're taken care of. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of things. There's a lot of great points you guys made. You know, networking. One hundred percent. I believe that that's a huge thing on either side of the house. I think that's a huge part where the recruiters fail. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who don't network enough. They don't. They don't know the right people. They're not getting in front of the right people. They're not getting right in front of the right teachers, coaches, the right influencers. Um, and and another thing too is, like you said, man, just talking about the leadership side of the house. It's it's very hard um, to find good people sometimes. Um, to get the right training, to get the good training. But as you both pointed out, it, it's it's also on you, you know, at the end of the day, it's your career. If you don't, if you're not getting the training, well you need to get the training on your own. You know, so whether it's reading books, listening to podcasts, doing whatever it is, audibles, whatever it is you're doing, like you need to be doing that yourself, getting ahead of the curve, getting ahead ahead of that power curve. But it's it's also just really important to also pick the brains of people. Hey, what's working for you? Hey, what didn't work for you? Hey, what did your first six months look like? Hey, like for instance, you Baldwin, you know, you're talking about, hey, my first six months could have been a lot better if I had a better attitude. Okay. So, hey, learn from me and come out here with a better attitude. And and I think that's a huge thing about any duty, no matter what position you are in in life. If you walk into it with a negative attitude, then you're going to have a negative time. It's going to be hard for you to have a positive time. And, and like you were saying, Sandring, with the whole boss thing, you know, with the, I'm sorry, the whole team thing, like you, you need to be able to work hard, not only for yourself, but for the Marine to the left and right of you. And if you don't know them enough, it makes it hard to do that or want to do that. And then for you to have a station commander who is, who's actually actively in your life. And he's like, Hey, I need this from you. You're going to go do that because he takes care of you. And and I think that's a huge part of what's going on across micric if I'm honest, is that Marines are so worn out and they're not being taken care of that they don't care about making mission. Like, and, that. and that's just my honest truth about it. Like, if you don't have a station commander that cares about you, if you don't have an RSCO that cares about you, an RS Sergeant Major that cares about you and your family, then you don't care about them you you have no buy in into the mission you don't care if if you make it home because at the end of the day I'm going to work all day so I think a huge part of the lacking across Micric is that is the buy in is the love of the marine corps the passion I think and you know and that's why I love what you guys are talking about because you guys are a proof source because you still believe in the marine corps and because you want to take care of people and you know like you're talking about the networking That Marine that put me where I am, last drill, he was, he's a gunny now, he was standing in front of me, talking to one of my Lance Corporals, right? My Lance Corporal was talking about putting in a package. I grabbed my Lance Corporal and I said, hey, go talk to the career planner because he he knows a hell of a lot more. Right, I was like, I was like, no, I was like, bro, I, I don't want you talking to my Marine Because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. And the career planner does know what he's talking about. And that's the thing about it is is that like with you guys, you know, the subject matter. You guys are learning more every day. Like you may not be the subject matter expert yet, but you're getting there. You're diving into more You're learning about more things. And with you guys doing that, you're creating trust amongst people so much so that they're bringing you that next contract. And that just goes to show that if you just work the right way, it's going to come back to you. Big
1: facts. You know, it's,
0: it's all about who you are. Sure. You know, there's
1: times when we want to get that, you know, quick join, fill a spot, but we're still looking out for the Marine. And uh, at the end of the day, it just, just take a car dealership. If you hose me on a car and you get me upside down and my interest rates crazy high, uh, you know, and I can't buy a car for another 10 years, I'm never coming back to you. You just lost that business. But if you treat me right, give me a good deal. I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to buy more and more from you. Same in our will. I'm going to treat you right. I'm not going to build the smoke up your butt. Uh, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of because I know, hey, if you drop at this unit, you want to come back to another one or you want to go AR or whatever different faster of the Marine you want to do, you're going to come back to me. And that's going to last my entire three years or more, however long I stay on this duty. And uh, it just, it makes it work for you.
2: Yeah, I got some guys that, you know, this will be my third uh, FY. Um, they're coming back to me for the third time. You know, I, I want to try a different unit out or, you know, I'm going to drop to the IR, but I want you to help me find, you know, the next best thing that's out there. whether I'm a uh, big thing right now is the AR program. A lot of people want that active duty paycheck again, obviously, because uh, they, they, a lot of them realize that that first and 15th uh, is a lot harder when you're a civilian for sure um but uh yeah. as long as you're just doing the right thing they they come back and they, they want to use you they won't go to you know the the random recruiter that's
0: calling them it's loyalty is what i call it you yeah. know yeah. no and, and and on top of that it's also just like like when i was on um before these two came in there was a guy by the name of staff sergeant adams and he got out as a gunny and then his replacement was a staff sergeant stevens and he's now uh a lieutenant in the Marine Corps, he he actually commissioned. But I would, whenever I would bump into a prior service dude on the street, I would have, I would literally hand him, I'd be like, hey man, you're interested in getting back, in? yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, tr- I would call Stevens and then hand him the phone. And be like, hey, he's on the phone right now. And then the dude would be like, hey, what's going on? And it was because I built this relationship with this prior service recruiter. And again, there's these recruiters that are out there they're not building, they don't even know the name of the prior service recruiter. And, and that's the thing with the prior service recruiters. If you're not going out there and meeting the recruiters that are in your AO, that's a hor- that's horrible. You should be out there. And this way, when you're out there area canvassing or when you're out there trying to find veterans and you're trying to find people to get back into the IRR or you're trying to get people to get back into the program, whatever it is. like at that time, like one hand washes the other. You know, hey, yeah. I met Corporal So who just got out and he's having a hard time. Hey, here's Baldwin's number. Give him a call, he'll take care of you. Hey, Dude, that's, here's that's Bennett's number.
1: You know, we, we just had uh, a guy from uh, a part of Georgia and he hit me up and he's like, hey man, I want to come back in and miss it. And I'm like, how'd you get my number, man? Did you get my card somewhere whatever? Because I put a lot of, you know, flyers, cards out everywhere. He's like, oh, oh, oh the, the, the non profit recruiter uh, put it out there and gave me your number. And I'm like, oh, bet. And the reason for that is because when I hit, started hitting the streets right before I got in production, I went to every non prior that I knew and I walked in the office. Here's a pro tip for you, your uh, young PSRs out there. So I walked in the PS or the Now Prior's office and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I've been out of the ring corps for about six months. I want to come back in. Can you guys help me? And they're all like, uh I mean, you can maybe come back active, but I'm like, no, I want to go reserve, man. How do I do that? And they're like, I think there's like a reserve recruiter and I'd be like, hey look is it this guy and I gave him my car I'm like hey this is starts tendering myself I'm the fire service recruiter and like, my <laughs> God blown away I mean I went to the Osos O's, did it everywhere and they were blown away I'm bro like, you should know my name you should know my name anything reserved yeah. comes up know it and it just paid off for me immensely so if you can do that as a young uh, meat eater out there you know go get it it's gonna it's gonna pay off at the end
2: yeah that's why I did my first Good. month too you know. I spent my first month, you know, they they make you do, you know, 150 TCs and all this stuff. Well, I went straight, you know, on my off time because, you know, the non-priors are working, you know, zero 08 to 0 dark 30. So <laughs> off time, you know, the, the best ones to go talk to were the uh, PCSs in the middle of nowhere. Because it's like no one from the command group has ever came, you know, to see them unless they've gotten in trouble or anything. They're just looking for someone to talk to. So, yeah. uh, you know. Talk to them a little bit, slip them your card, say, hey, this is what I can do for you. I can take all these weird calls of people wanting to come back in so you're not wasting your time. Uh, just give them yep. straight to me, the subject matter expert. And, you know, yeah. if I ever get, you know, give me some of your cards because I've sent, you know, uh, people will randomly call my office number who have never been in the Marine mm-hmm. Corps looking yep. you know, yep. to uh, join the Marine Corps. Uh, I got a handful of cards to choose from. If they're in a certain AO, uh, you know, I send them that way, yeah. but it goes both ways. Yeah. Like and we just keep circling back to that networking. That's all it is. This job yeah. is a it, all it is is networking. If you build up your business, it runs itself pretty much.
0: Absolutely. Amen. Amen. So, gentlemen, we were about to end it. Um what what do you guys have that you want to end with any last you know anecdotes any any last thoughts that any advice that you would give to a prior service recruiter or even just a marine or any, anybody out there who's listening um what, what advice would you have for them
2: you want to go first
1: yeah yeah
0: i'll take you um j- just
1: embrace it, it uh bloom where plan to embrace it and be positive about it it ain't that bad sure there's gonna be good times and bad uh, but as we've said multiple times, your empire is what you create and you will get everything that you want out of it that you put into it. So have a great time with it. Um, go out there and, and do great things. Have a have a Starbucks meeting with an applicant. Uh, go to the mall, go whatever it is, be flexible and uh, utilize all your tools and you will be successful.
0: Amen. Baldwin?
1: Uh,
2: Marine Corps already chose you to do it. It's going to happen regardless. <laughs> um, you know, so just don't fight it. It'll hurt less. Uh, and just, you know, get ahead and stay ahead. Your, your, your staff in COIC should show you what your annual plan is. Like every number that you have to hit for the whole year, create your own annual plan. That's what I do. I have my own board with my own annual plan on it. And it's different from what my staff and COIC has. So I know, you know, by March, I should be on zeros because I've, you know, every single mission letter I've dropped extra. And if your team's good, doing good, uh, there's no reason why you can't be on zeros. Now, the biggest thing that I see people failing when they get on zeros is they stop. Yep. This is 36 yep. months of grinding. It's 36 month, one-month deployments, pretty much, is what I say. You're going to get a mission letter every single month. It's going to happen regardless. So if you get ahead and you start getting those mission letters of zero, just stick to your annual plan and just grind. Because your mission will be done, you know, May, and then that's when you, you're going fishing, you know, just, just keep to your plan, uh, just grind it out. And, you know, before you know it, your 36 months are done and you're like, oh, I'm going back to my, my job or maybe you're going 22 route like standard is. But, um, you know, just, just embrace it. It's going to happen regardless. So just uh, you can't change it. So just uh, do the best that you can and everything will end up the way it's supposed to be.
0: Amen. Well, hey, listening guys, this has been another episode of Embrace the Suck. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing for our Marine Corps. Thank you for your continued service. Thank you to your families for do, for letting you guys be out here and doing what you guys do, because we don't thank families enough for it. But thank you guys for coming on, and I will speak to both of you later, and have a great rest of the evening. You as, as, well, as well, Stemper Fidelis. Take care. All right, out.